I don't know about you, but 2020 has been a little bit like that for me. Feeling disconnected, not knowing for sure how to get plugged in, but I tell you one redeeming factor for me and my family has been Lincoln Berean Life Groups. We're so thankful that we've been able to be involved with Christian community. We talk a lot about how Christian, the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone or in isolation. It's meant to be lived together. We're reminded all over the New Testament about the importance of loving one another, encouraging one another, spurring one another on towards good works, comforting one another. And that's exactly what Lincoln Berean Life Groups offer. I just received uh, an email a couple of days ago from a couple who didn't know for sure about jumping in in the fall. They didn't know how to navigate for sure, whether are these groups gonna be online, or are they gonna be in person? We've never been in a group before, should we do it? They ultimately decided to do it, and they were so thankful that they did. They found friendship, they found community, they found a place to discuss truth, to be saturated in the Word of God, and they were just so thankful. And we've received a number of emails like that over the past several months. When we launched the fall session, we had over a thousand people jump in to be on board, so over 60 six new groups were formed, about half of those online, half of those in person. It was super exciting. And now we're launching into a winter session. It starts here in the middle of January. The signups for that start January 1st. You can find information if you're interested on our website. We would really encourage you to do it. So there's a lot of good news going on. We're really thankful for it. And here's a little bit more. Hello, I'm Tyler Sheets, the middle school director here in our youth ministry at Lincoln Brian Church, and I want to welcome you to Some Good News, Lincoln Berean Edition. And as you can tell, I have no clue what I'm doing, but today's top news story, 2020, it's almost over. That may sound like good news, but the good news that we want to talk about today is how God has been at work in and through our church this past year. There's actually so much good news that we could not get into one video. So today, we're going to go highlight a few of the ministry areas and they're gonna give us a glimpse of the amazing things that have happened over this past year. First of all, let me tell you about LBC Youth, which I'm a part of. Our vision is to help middle school and high school students take their next step in their understanding of and in relationship with Jesus. This year has been a challenge, but it has also been extremely fruitful. The first thing that comes to my mind is that LBC Youth would not happen without our team of amazing volunteers. Through their support, we have seen students and families stay engaged this whole year. This summer, we had the Quarantine Cup, which was driven by our small groups. The Quarantine Cup consisted of weekly family challenges and competitions. And over these past few months, our small groups have stepped up and out into the community through a variety of different service opportunities. Our volunteers and students have blown our mind with their love and generosity. And now for the rest of our good news. We are going to hear from some of our correspondents out in the field, starting with Bryce over in Kids Ministry. Hey Bryce, so I hear you have some good news from Kids Ministry this year. Would you mind sharing? By the way, you have 30 seconds. Oh, awesome. Well, in 2020, we had to cancel some things, which was honestly pretty disappointing, but through it all, God has worked in some amazing ways that we never could have dreamed of or imagined. For example, in the early summer, we started a live stream and one little girl actually decided to follow Jesus through that. And later in the summer, about 60 families actively participated in what we called the family games, which is like a VBS alternative. 
And just last week, we launched Jingle Jam, the beginning of a family experience series where families come together to grow deeper in faith together. We're so excited for 2021 and all that God's gonna do. Thanks for sharing, Bryce. You know, Kids Ministry is having an incredible impact by partnering with parents to disciple their kids. Speaking of impact, Lincoln Berean has made a huge impact on our community this year. And to hear more about that, we're gonna to go to Megan, our local outreach coordinator. Go ahead, Megan. Thanks, Tyler. You know, our church came together during this tough year and really helped bless those in our community. We had over 100 food bags that were packaged together for refugees with items that our church body donated. Thousands and thousands of snack items were delivered to medical workers all across the community. We had over 10,000 masks sewn by volunteers and given to first responders. And over $40,000 were donated to our COVID relief fund, which we were able to distribute to those in need. Wow, that is so incredible. And Lincoln Berean's impact isn't just limited to our community. We strive to have a global impact as well. Our last correspondent today is Jason, our global outreach director. Jason, what can you tell us about Global Outreach in 2020? Yeah, guys, at the beginning of this last year, we went on a mission trip to Nicaragua. There were 20 individuals from Lincoln Berean that went, and uh, it was awesome. But then the world shut down. Uh, but thankfully, you guys continued to keep giving. Uh, through your financial contributions, we were able to give $10,000 to our church plant in Nicaragua. Additionally, we were able to give $5,000 to our partners in India, the Aruna Project. And through our church planning network in South Asia, you wouldn't believe it, 600 people were baptized and 53 churches were planted. That's some good news. And this is just scratching the surface. We have many ministry areas with lots of great news for 2020. And you are all a part of it. As we wind down this year, remember that God is still in control. And because of that, there's plenty that we can celebrate. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone.
Thank you, Daniel. It's pretty awesome, isn't he? So here's the deal. If you look closely, the guitar had two necks. So I don't know what you're doing at seven o'clock, but I'm kind of seeing a Brian and Daniel <laughs> duet. So we'll see how that works out. You didn't know about that till just now. All right, so welcome. Happy uh, Christmas Eve. If you're new with us, we'd certainly count it a privilege to help you any way that we can. Uh, if we can help you, you'll notice on the screen there's a slide. All you have to do is text Berean to that number, 95000. Get a little form and tell us how we can help and uh, someone would be happy to contact you. Also, if you're newer to Berean and you'd like to get connected into the life of the church, best way to do that is to get into a life group. The next session starts the middle of January. Starting January 1st, you can sign up, go to the website. Uh, there's information there on the screen. Really encourage you to do that. And then, as you've already heard, uh, one of the things that we celebrate at Lincoln Berean is the opportunity to be generous both to people in our community and people around the world. And we can do that because the people of Lincoln Berean are very generous with what God has given to them. So often on Christmas Eve, people like to participate in that. So if you would like to help us continue to do that, there's a couple of options. You can either text uh, to give on the screen there, or you can give online. Or if you physically have a gift this evening, there's boxes at the north and south entrance. You can drop it in those boxes on your way out. Also, just a reminder, if you're with us uh, this weekend, Jeff talked about very specific opportunities to give that are on these cards. You can find them out in the foyer if you're here in the building. And if you're watching online, you can go on the website and just find opportunities to give. Encourage you to consider that. I think we would all agree that 2020 has been a very unusual year. It's been a year with a lot of frustration. It's been a year with way too much anger. It's been a year with a lot of fear, so much fear. Maybe more than anything else, it should have been a year that reminded us that our hope is not in our bank account, it's not in our job, it's not in the government, it's not in an election, it's not in our health, it's not in a mask or a vaccine, our hope is in a person. That's the whole point of Christmas, that God sent his son to be the savior of the world. Our prayer is when you walk back out these doors this evening, or if you're watching on home, when you turn this service off, that you will have a renewed sense of hope, no matter what it is you're going through. The reminder that ultimately there's reason for hope because God sent his son to be our savior. Merry Christmas.
darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end from the book of Isaiah.
Take a seat. And 
Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. you to stand once more. Let's sing this together. The old holy night. Through the 
What a blessing. What an incredible thing to hit, sit and hear these voices rise up on that song. Of all the traditions at Christmas, the one that is hands down my favorite, the one that's tops, is what we just got done doing. It's singing these Christmas songs, these Christmas hymns, Christmas carols. I'm sure there's a part of me that loves them because... I'm nostalgic, you know, it's kind of what you always do. But much more than that, I think their enduring power for me and for so many is because they are speaking incredible truths. Truths and themes that are synonymous with Christmas. Synonymous with what we're celebrating tonight and tomorrow. Themes like joy and peace and rest and love and wonder Worship and hope. That word, hope. This year it sits a little different with me. It's a little more poignant than other years, I think. If you were listening to the wrong voices, you might be thinking that, that hope kind of took the back seat this year. But we know that's not the case. 
We are called to be people of hope. And so the question is, how do we have a hope-filled Christmas? You know, one group of people that always get it right, I think, in terms of hope is kids. I see some kids out here tonight, wide-eyed, hoping. Growing up, I remember looking at the calendar in September or October, and I remember thinking to myself, how will I possibly make it? I got two more months. Two more months till Christmas. It's just agonizing to wait because you know that what is on the other end is so good. And there are some kids here tonight. I see the hope in their eyes. Surely what they're hoping for is that whoever is buying them presents got them the right presents. It's appropriate. My son, my oldest, had two requests. He wants a drone and he wants rainbow bacon. Don't ask what rainbow bacon is. I don't know. I just know it was one of the requests. We'll see. We'll see if he gets it. Seems that as we get older, sometimes as adults, we start to lose sight of some of the hope that we hold on to as kids. And while it's absolutely appropriate that as we get older, the object of our hope must change, we can't let go of hope. We have to fight to be people of hope. As Brian already made clear, that's not the way of the world. The world has kind of moved to where the posture is constantly one of fear and one of pessimism and negativity and even cynicism. The cynical posture is kind of default these days. And in so many ways, I think that's a learned response. You know, as you endure pain, as you experience struggle, you just get cynical. And in some ways, it's understandable because there is a lot of suffering in the world. And to people that have kind of assumed that posture as their default position in life, they might hear the word hope and they might kind of snicker. It might seem naive to them. Kind of like wishing on a star. Not grounded or rooted in reality at all. Almost like to have hope requires a miracle. To which we would respond, that's absolutely right. That's exactly what Christmas is about. The story that Carson read to us just a few minutes ago from Luke 2, the angel appeared to the shepherds and they were terrified. Surely they'd never seen anything so brilliant, anything so gorgeous. They didn't know what to do. They were afraid. And the angel spoke to them and turned their fear into hope. The angel said, do not be afraid for I bring good news of great joy. Don't be afraid. There's reason for hope. Fear is, is really nothing more than the anticipation of harm. It's the anticipation of trouble. But hope, on the other hand, hope is the confident anticipation for good, for blessing. That's precisely what Christmas is all about. We can be people of hope at Christmas because when we look at Christmas, what we see on display is that there is an incredibly good and great God. What can we glean about who God is from the Christmas story? 
What can we glean that can cause us and, and help us be people of hope? The first thing I think is that, is that God sees the predicament the world was and is in. He's not absent. He's not distant. He's not aloof, ignorant. A passage from Isaiah, that, that prophecy that we read earlier, it said, the people who walk in darkness. Well, walking in darkness is a great description of what it's like to live life without God. It's a fumbling, stub your toes on things kind of experience. It's chaotic, it's dangerous, it's confusing and confounding. It's to be lost. And when you're lost, you, you can't find your way. You need someone to rescue you. We don't have a God that is distant. We have a God who knows. But it's not just that. Not just that he knows. He doesn't merely know. He knows and he cares. He is full of mercy. What we celebrate at Christmas is the sending of his son. He sent his son as a baby to intervene on our behalf. To overcome the darkness that had dwelled over the earth. That had taken root on the earth. That truth is captured so well in that verse that we all know and love. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life, eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. What we celebrate at Christmas is that we have a God who, who didn't just see, he saw and he acted. He intervened. He sent his only begotten son to come in as a rescuer for us in the darkness that we would be in without him. That's who God is. He is full of compassion and that is a great reason to hope passage in Isaiah says the people who dwell or who walk in darkness will see a great light those who dwell in darkness upon them light has shined of all the times in my life where I've experienced darkness there's one that stands out as, as the most kind of profound experience of darkness I was on a flight going from London to, to Nairobi Kenya and we crossed the Mediterranean, and then we were going over North Africa. And as we entered over the airspace above the Sahara Desert, that vast, massive, empty desert, we entered into what all I can describe is just complete and utter darkness. There's no cities. There's no people. It's just cold sand for miles and miles and miles. And as I looked out the window, I couldn't believe what I saw, but there wasn't a bright moon that night, and so I could not tell the difference between the land and the sky. There was no horizon. It was just pure void, pure chasm, darkness. And as I looked out the window, I thought, what must it be like to be down on the ground, to, to be and dwell in that darkness? And then as I looked on the horizon, there was a small, tiny little golden glow, like a pinprick. And as we flew towards it, it didn't necessarily get bigger, but it became clear to me that it was just a little campfire. 
a tiny little campfire on the floor of this desert. And here I am, 35,000 feet in the air, six miles above. And the light of that fire was reaching my eyes. That's the power of light, piercing through the darkness, casting out the darkness. On that holy night long ago, light appeared. And it came to overpower, to cast out, to overcome the darkness of sin and death. On that silent night, hope, hope appeared. And for those of us that have placed our confidence in him, that hope, Jesus Christ, our life and our light, well, that hope will never disappoint. Because of that, that we can have a Merry Christmas and we can be people of hope. Will you join me in prayer? Our Father, we praise you. We praise you this evening because you are a good and a great God and you looked at the world in its desperate estate and you sent your only son to be a rescuer. We praise you for doing what we could never do on our own, for your grace that was poured out. And Jesus, we praise you and we worship you Help us, we pray, to be full of hope, grounded in the knowledge that you are good and we are yours. Amen. This is from the Gospel of John and Luke. In the beginning, the word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace.
And the thing